You're listening to sermons from St. Macarios the Great, Orthodox Mission in Hyde Park. Please have a seat. It's a joy to be with all of you uh, on this uh, double feast of of, uh, America, uh, uh, the 4th of July. I pray that you all have a blessed celebration today. And uh, of course, also as we celebrate uh, all saints of North America, um, to be able to celebrate here in America with you all is, is really a treat. Uh, my name is, is Father Christopher Moore. Uh, I'm a priest uh, in the OCA with my family. Uh, we are missionaries to South Korea. Uh, we are sent by the faithful of North America uh, with the blessing of Metropolitan Tikhon and with the blessing of the Assembly of Bishops in North America, serving through the Orthodox Christian Mission Center. Uh, we look forward to the chance to share with you more about our experiences in Korea, our ministry over the last two years. We just finished our first two-year term and are here on home assignment now. I want to thank Father Philip and your whole family uh, for inviting us to be here today. Uh, thanks Thanks so much to all of you for having us. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Secrets. There are all kinds of secrets. Sometimes secrets are fun to share. Uh, Sometimes we're just waiting for the right time to share about those secrets. My sons, from time to time, whisper whisper secrets in my ear. Dad, my favorite cousin is Luke, but don't tell anybody, okay? Or, Dad, for Christmas, I want a lightsaber. I promise I'm not going to hit anybody. I'm not going to hurt anybody. However, we also know that some secrets, when shared, bring a lot of shame, a lot of sadness and pain. Most of us have probably experienced these feelings when someone revealed our secrets carelessly or at the wrong time. What are your secrets? What's in your heart that only your closest friends or your spouse know? If we could open your heart and play its song, what kind of tune would it sing? What are the secrets of your heart that only God knows? Does your heart tend to overflow with pleasing themes as you address your King and God? Or do resentment, bitterness, Anger, disdain, seep out of your heart. The secrets of our hearts and what spills out of them in our actions and words matter to God today. And those secrets will be judged by God on the last day, as we heard in the epistle today. This will take place on the day when God judges people's secrets. The takripta the secrets of men. When God judges man's secrets through Jesus Christ, as my Gospel declares. And we see the same idea in 1 Corinthians 4-5 and read that 
He will bring to light what is hidden in darkness and will expose the motives of the heart. At that time, each will receive their praise from God. The secrets of our heart will not remain hidden. Last Sunday was the Sunday of All Saints, which was a natural conclusion of celebrating a whole week of the coming of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. And Pentecost, when the church is born, the disciples receive the Holy Spirit through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, men and women, young and old, rich and poor, are made holy. They're made holy throughout the ages to the glory of God. And last Sunday, we heard that call, we heard the call that part of our being made holy is developing a love for Christ that is so great that it exceeds our love for mothers, fathers, sons, and daughters. In fact, Christ says that those who abandon houses, family, family members, and fields, maybe this is one's farm or their source of livelihood, uh, for His namesake, they will receive a hundredfold and inherit eternal life. Now, of course, this is not a command for us to go about and start abandoning our family uh, and breaking relationships simply in expectation to earn some super great award, rewards in the eternal kingdom. It's a call to put all our relationships with our loved ones at the feet of Christ and to entrust them to His care. There may be a proper time to put our dearest relationships and things aside if Christ calls. We see today in today's Gospel the first called disciples doing just this. Simon Peter and Andrew lay down their nets, which is their livelihood, and they follow after Christ. James and John, they lay down their livelihood and leave their father and follow after Christ. What was it that made them do this? What was hidden in their heart that when they encountered Jesus, they were ready to leave everything else aside? If we could see into their hearts at that moment, what hidden things and what secrets would be uncovered? Let's look together to see what we can learn from the Gospel passage today. First, uh, it's worthy to note that when Christ comes, He's contextualizing His message. He uses the image of fishing to call the fishermen. They're casting their nets and mending their nets, and Christ is also casting His net. He says, come after Me, and I will make you into fishers of men. I want you to be participants in bringing about My kingdom. When we go out and proclaim the Gospel of Christ to others, we too need to contextualize our message. In orthodoxy in America, we've, we've done pretty well at uh, contextualizing Orthodox Christi Christianity for Christians that usually have received higher education, some kind of higher education. Yet, we still have a lot of work to contextualize our faith to many other strata of our society. In, in Korea, we're still working to contextualize the Orthodox Christian faith. Uh, I'm reminded today that there is no... Today in Korea, they're not celebrating all saints of Korea as we get to do here in North America. Uh, we're still waiting for those saints, 
those Korean saints to be, to be found and canonized and to celebrate them. Uh, so our contextualization work is to make the people holy, uh, to work on God's holiness being in them in Korea. We are especially mindful of the middle-aged and younger generations that, in a way, uh, how are we going to speak to their fast-paced, uh, busy, and often high-tech lifestyle? Uh, we ask your prayers that God would show us ways to bring the Gospel to Koreans. So we see uh, the contextualization of Christ who calls us to be fishers of men. We too are to be concerned about evangelism, sharing the Gospel by our deeds and by our words. And the faithful of St. Macarius Orthodox Church are to be involved in finding ways to bring the Gospel to Hyde Park and all of Chicago, to being involved in aiding and in the growth of Christ Church in Illinois and the Midwest, and also involved in helping. How are you going to help bring the Gospel to all the ends of the earth? So contextualization. Secondly, we need to develop an expectation of hearing God speak to us, to call us. The four men must have been in a place where they were expecting that God was going to speak. In fact, the Gospel of John, in the Gospel of John, we read about Andrew who seems to have been a follower of John the Baptist. He's anticipating the Messiah along with John. Somehow their hearts were open to that call. And next, we are to develop a sense of readiness to do that will, to do God's will. The four men, after hearing Jesus call them to follow Him, could have thought He was crazy, right? They could have even wanted to go, uh, but were too tied down to their current life situation to get out of that boat. But no, their immediate response seems to have been, I'm going to go. They were ready. They were ready to follow after Jesus. And since they were ready to do God's will and leave everything and follow Him, they showed a willingness to trust in God for His provision. So they were trusting in God for His provision. Now, it wasn't easy for those disciples over those next three years, right? They were on the road a lot. Sometimes they were in deserts. They were often relying on the hospitality of others. And after Christ's resurrection and ascension, they didn't go on and just take it easy, did they? James, Andrew, and Peter were killed. John was imprisoned. But still, God provided. He provided them what they needed, what He deemed they needed for their growth towards salvation. Peter writes, His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and God godliness. We also, when we truly are sensing God's calling us, can take hope that God will supply all our needs according to His riches and glory. We can take hope that when we seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, we will be provided for more than the sparrows and the lilies. So God's provision. A willingness to trust in His provision. And again, it seems that we are to develop an expectation that God's going to work in our lives, sometimes even miraculously, right? As we follow Him. The last verse of today's Gospel indicates 
that after the four men started to follow Jesus, uh, Jesus went through all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, healing every disease and every affliction among the people. What will we see Christ working in our midst? What will He even do among us when we participate, when we, sorry, when we anticipate His presence as we come to church? We should have those types of expectations, right? When we come to church, God's going to do something miraculous here. Maybe today, He's going to work in miraculous ways. Whether I see it in, a, in this very visual way or just in my heart. And lastly, we need to have an expectation that God is going to work in, in us. He's going to work in us and through us. He's not just going to work, but maybe through us too. What happens later to these four... They, Peter proclaims Christ boldly. He heals people through Christ working in him. John works miracles. He encourages the faithful through his writings. And he's even taken up to seeing those amazing visions that we hear about in the book of Revelation. If we are truly Christ's body, then we are His hands. We are His feet and we're His eyes. We are the vessels through which God works His purposes because We've been empowered to do so by the Holy Trinity, living in us through participation in the mystical life. This doesn't just happen instantaneously or against our will. We have to work. We have to will to act in the power that God has given us. That's, why, that's where the epistle, epistle again ties in for today. Glory and honor and peace to everyone who does good. And also, it's not the hearers of the law that are righteous before God, but the doers. The doers of the law who will be justified. Simply following the ritual commandments of the Torah, the law, without having a circumcision of the heart was not going to lead the Jew to salvation. And simply following the outward observances of our baptism important and foundational as that is, following fasts, liturgical actions, pious practices, without having that inward change, that inward circumcision of the heart, to follow after Christ is not going to lead us to salvation either. Uh, Father Patrick Reardon, Father Patrick Reardon uh, puts it this way in his commentary on the Romans. Uh, a strict adherence to the prescribed rituals is no adequate substitute for the moral renewal of the heart and blameless life pleasing to God. Far from rejecting the Old Testament here, Paul is appealing to one of its clearest, messages, clearest themes. The true circumcision is internal. This is the secret that the Lord sees in, in verse 16. It is the heart that must be circumcised. The true moral renewal of man then is not the fruit of a greater and more intense moral effort. It comes from the presence of the Holy Spirit in the circumcised heart. So when God looks into the secrets of our hearts, does He find one that has been changed by the presence of the Holy Spirit? Does He find that change in us? When God looks into our secrets, does He see us expecting to Him to speak to us? Does He see a readiness to do His will? Does He see a willingness to trust Him? Does He see us expecting Him to work 
in our midst and even working through us. Does our heart have a desire to be a fellow worker with Him? With Christ doing His work? So we have the opportunity to plant seeds of goodness deep in our hearts today, this day. May God transform our hearts. May He transform that hardness and bitterness little by little into tenderness of heart as we reflect on His great love for mankind as He teaches us in many ways this day in the church. And may we have the opportunity this week to be responsive to God. We have this opportunity to respond to Him. How will He call us and lead us to be His fellow workers and His fishers of men in our interactions with others day in and day out? May we expect His movement in our daily life and get out of the boat and do His will. Amen.